Satnam. Satnam. Welcome to Zion, Consciousness and Covenant, Episode 3. This is the episode of the uh, podcast. We discuss matters of import for covenant-keeping Mormons and anybody else who happens to listen on how to create a Zion consciousness in our hearts and in our homes right now. I'm Andy Rasmussen, joined by Felice Austin. Felice, welcome. Thank you. How's your Sabbath so far? We record these on Sunday for those who are listening whenever. Really early in the morning. <laughs> yes, that's that too. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes going great. It just started. <laughs> All right, well, um, we're off to a good how's start. How's yours? <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Showered, ready to go. It's, uh, mm-hmm. It is early. Hey, I uh, thought before we, we jumped in, we should do a quick definition for the folks. We start off and end every week by saying Satnam. What in the world does that mean? Uh, Satnam means I am truth. Truth is my identity. It's a mantra. And um, it it's a seed mantra or a beach mantra, which means that it plants a seed in your subconscious, which can then grow and completely change you. So, and we always say that um, Satnam, when you say that to someone else, you clear the karma or, you know, basically just clear any bad energy that might be there. Um, And it also calls to their true self. It kind of, you're addressing their true self as well as your own when you say Satnam. I am truth, truth is my name. And it's spelled S-A-T and then the new word N-A-M. And but it's, it rhymes with butt mom, <laughs> butt mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's what that's what it's all about. And um, I've just gotten so used to saying it. It's um, I just feel like it's so much more appropriate than hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> so I uh. Yeah, hello. So I just say it all the time, even when people don't understand what it means, and no one ever questions it. They just always smile, I think, because they feel that um, Satnam has these primal sounds that work deeply on us, even if we don't know what they mean. Sure. I like to think of it just like you said there, also, um, the idea of of recognizing... And acknowledging the Christ within us, and the, and the true divine, our divine nature, and mm-hmm. and those to whom we're speaking, and communicating mm-hmm. and interacting on that level, the I am, uh, mm-hmm. I am truth. And we will have probably a whole episode on I am, and uh, that mm-hmm. is God's name and our identification, etc. But but not today. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, let's get into it because we ended last week kind of uh, with my story real quickly. And I got thinking about it, even just as I as I left the studio, I got thinking, you know, um, kind of I kind of blitzed through that pretty fast and just sounded like, well, so I had this experience and then uh, then got through that and now we're on to something else and and it was uh, we did some I did some energy work and here I am. Obviously, it's not that simple, and we don't uh, mean to to imply any th- that, that that the experience of any difficulties is. But I wanted to also uh, really today emphasize that uh, any and all healing. Uh, through energy, any energy modality, or traditional, or or, uh, or otherwise, or even just prayer, uh, in its uh, most in its simplest forms, comes through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All and healing is from the atonement. All healing, and you've but 
Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you've written a, a fantastic blog post on that last, I don't know, October, November-ish? Mm, October, yeah. Oh, it is, October 9th, on your uh, mm-hmm. progressiveprofitus.com blog, mm-hmm. titled Energy mm-hmm. Healing Explained for Mormons. And you did a kind of a follow-up post to this. and But this is a, a nice, tight, um, I think, synopsis of what it is. And we don't need to go through it all, and people can read that on their own, obviously, but... Can you just explain real quick, just just jump us into that, What, uh, why you wrote it, first of all, and then kind of what the concepts oh, were? Oh, um, why I wrote it, I don't know, because <laughs> it nagged at me. I don't know. God tells me. I don't know. I just feel inspired, and then I, I just have to write things. But basically, you know, we've all, you mentioned a couple of, of things, but I realize everything is energy, and um, energy really is well, it's a lot of things. It's it's just vibration. It's really all it is. It comes down to a vibrating particles of energy. Like if you look at your hand or you look at your computer or your pen or your phone, whatever's in your hand, they're both made of energy. But what's cool about energy <laughs> is that it's also intelligent. It's, intelli- it's actually made of intelligences. And they know to be your hand and not, your phone, you know, (laughs) and, um, that's the most incredible thing right there that not only, see, we've had that Mormons had that concept for a hundred and whatever, 170 years now from the doctrine Mm -hmm. of covenants that all energy is matter. So Joseph taught and all all matter is, uh, energy and and spirit is matter or more purified, etc. But it's now it's a scientific concept as well where if you break everything down as far as small as we can possibly understand at this point, it's, uh, we don't know whether, it, we, we can't truly call it a particle or a wave, but it does, it's just vibration. Mm-hmm. It just moves. Right. And if I took everything around me, whether it's this microphone or the phone or me, myself, and I, that was a nice late 80s song, <laughs> you, um, and, and pulverized us all, and broke them down to the atomic level, there would be really no distinction between what was what. You couldn't tell. Yeah. And, um, well, and the point is that it's really all, it's really the, the light of Christ that permeates through all right. things. And that is why um, things can change. Because everything is energy and energy can change. And that's kind of the basis of energy healing. Um, but, when I say energy healing, people are like, well, what is that? Everything that heals is energy healing, but it all comes through Christ. So so let's say I give my daughter a hug. That's energy healing, you know, and she feels better. Or um, let's say I say a prayer and something changes, you know. A prayer is probably the highest form of energy healing. And in fact, some of these really, really powerful modalities, really all they are is prayer, but... Um, sure. Uh, you know, with a lot of faith and with um, kind of they, they understand some modes of access to God and understand the concept that asking you shall receive. I think a lot of times when we pray, we don't really believe we're going to receive. Um, and we also don't really know what to pray for, but that's another that's another topic. But, but yeah, everything's our, even words, especially words. And, well, we're talking about vibration. Everything's vibration, which all comes down to the word or a sound current. Um, or light, you know, but light and sound are 
there's sounds of light, you know, like, I don't really know yeah. what the distinction is sometimes. Um, they're both waves. Right. And then, um, and this is sort of the, the foundation for mantra meditation is that everything is um, held up by this sound current, which is the word, which is, you know, we know the word is associated with Christ. Um, John taught that in the beginning was the word, um, which was the gospel, which was in Christ. Um, and so, yeah, the words that we speak, the words that we think are actually energy. And this is how um, distance healing and stuff like that happens. Mm. Prayer is distance healing. Not tied to time or space. Yeah, it's not tied to, and energy knows where to go. Like, there's this, it has its own intelligence. For example, I was... Um, doing some meditation yesterday in a large group of people and we were talking about how, okay, you know, set your intention, whatever, draw, whatever you want to draw in, you can draw in, but we encoded within these mantras is an intelligence that knows how to give you what you need, even if you don't know what you need. <laughs> so, right. so let's say, you know, you want to visualize what you want, but you can't even imagine what it is that you need, but it will still, you know, it can still bring it to you. Now, Felice, were you by any chance meditating by the ocean yesterday? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Had not had enough of that, by the way, and your little pictures from the ocean on Facebook. Beautiful, mm. fantastic pictures, but you understand that I'm in the middle of a mountain winter here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> some pretty amazing beach scenes. Yeah, we were taking some photos for um, for my book that I'm writing. Oh, and they're they're fantastic. They're beautiful. But you're posting those. I've got uh, a friend of mine that's uh, posting vacationing pictures with his wife from Mexico, and here I am, not <laughs> not in a warm climate. So there. So you know, I've done a little bit of uh, energy work and releasing around some of that resentment. To be honest with you, this week. There, let's see how how nice that works. Well, I'm glad that I can trigger you. Yeah, appreciate appreciate that. It's all the services that you provide. Um, in your post, you mentioned, and this is one of the most common examples people talk about, to give it an easy illustration, talked about the work of Matsuro Emoto, um, mm-hmm. the Japanese, I don't know what he was, frankly. Is he a doctor? Scientist. Scientist. Um, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Um, well, he was a scientist. Um, he may have been something else, but now he's a scientist. <laughs> and he uh, he wanted, I don't know, he started photographing water crystals, and um, he noticed that they would change based on the words that were said to them or thought to them <laughs> or the pictures that he showed the water. Mm-hmm. And he had, you know, he had some, he had a control group. Like, all the water was from the same spring and... And he found out that the that the crystals they kind of look like snowflakes in the photograph. Some of them um, were really really beautiful, and they were all unique. But the one the water that he called bad names or showed ugly pictures or played like dark music to, those didn't even form crystals. They made ugly little blobs. And um, he realized the power of you know words and pictures and thoughts. And then to the reverse, he also took some dirty water you know out of like a a dirtiest lakes and stuff like that and prayed over it and um it healed it it wouldn't form a crystal and then it did so there's a lot of power that is you know we're made of largely water mm-hmm. so the words that we think and we say and the music listen to that's a fantastic point too um we're 
roughly 70% water in our bodies, <clears throat> which is the same rough percentage of water as the, the planet Earth and its body. Mm-hmm. Anyway, lots yeah. of parallels there. You, you also cited an example you wrote about in your book, The Gift of Giving Life, the grain mm-hmm. of rice experiment. Oh, yeah, that was Emoto's experiment. He took, or some, actually, someone else did that, and they sent him the info, and then it's been repeated all over. But yeah. um, they took a grain of rice, and they started out with two jars. One of the jars, they would say, thank you, I love you, too. And the other jar, they would say, I hate you, you fool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then later, they added a third jar, which they would ignore. And what happened to the rice <laughs> is that the thank you, I love you jar sort of um, fermented in a nice, uh, a nice sort of way, like it, like you would create, um, you create this ferment, <laughs> um, you know, like you would create like tofu or, or something like that. And then the, the, I hate you, you fool, turned black and died. <laughs> and the one that was ignored actually died faster than either of them. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of proof that people like negative attention better than no attention. Um, and that um, experiment really confirmed to me the um, the importance. And we have we have the what we call the Lord's Law of Health that encompasses the Word of Wisdom. But there's also, and that's in DNC section 89. But there's also a few verses in section 88 that are part of the Word of Wisdom. And one of them talks about you know going to bed early and getting up early and yeah. and some of these other things. But right in the middle of that verse, it also says like. Um, I don't have it up in front of me, but basically it says, don't speak unkindly to each other. And 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 I always wondered why that was right in the middle of that verse. I realize it's because it has a lot to do with health. Absolutely. Well, and on, on the energetic level. And uh, to jump off this in another, uh, kind of broaden the topic, but um, the woman, the story in, uh, in the New Testament, the woman who touched Christ's robe in uh, as he was thronged about and, and lots of people were touching him, but he felt as he said virtue go out of him, mm-hmm. translate it energy, and you're talking about exactly the same concepts uh, as mm-hmm. we are here, right? And uh, well, a lot of people think that there that Christ felt like like he was like a vessel, and he felt like his level of you know, virtue go down, but that's not actually crisis. It's more like electricity. It just flows. He felt it go out of him, but it's right. not like he has less afterwards, which is really a beautiful great point. sort of point, like analogy, or a beautiful metaphor for, for Christ. Like there's no limit. There's no end. There's no bottom. And this so, is his whole mission, please. When he was, when he got up, uh, in the synagogue to announce his his mission it was time for his ministry to start and he, he quoted himself in in Isaiah he said I am sent to heal the brokenhearted right to preach deliverance to the captives mm-hmm. and uh, just do a, a search on healing or 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 heal in the in the topical mm-hmm. guide or Jesus Christ and his many names and roles and healer and mm-hmm. uh, this is this is what he does he heals all manner of sicknesses. Uh, he yeah. casts out spirits and, and heals with his word, again, with the word, with the energy. And yeah. so that's that's what we're talking about when we address all these things, is, is bringing it back yeah. to the power and the light of Jesus yeah. Christ. One more thing I wanted to mention about mm-hmm. that story of the woman with the issue of blood. When she reached out to touch his, his robe, she knew that it would heal her. And that was her intention in reaching out and touching him. 
And so that's why she was healed. All the other people that were just bumping him, they weren't necessarily healed of their illnesses. Um, But she had the intention, and that is what kind of activated his power or his virtue to go into her because she had the faith and the intention. And I think that's a big part of it, you know, because a lot of us are like, well, if everything's energy healing, how come I'm not healed? (laughs) Well, you have to have the intention. And and sometimes you need um, a little bit of technology. And that's all that that it is. I mean, obviously, that is the faith we're talking about. But the faith mm-hmm. is, as we begin to define all these terms now that we're going to be using in the podcast, intention, of course, is another one. Mm-hmm. That's the activation of your fa- and the exercise of faith. But it's necessary. It's the necessary first step because in there is nothing throughout all Scripture and, and, and re- the revealed word and plan of God and is dealing with his children. There's nothing he honors higher or more than our agency. Mm-hmm. Because uh, without that, nothing nothing else counts. Nothing matters. We can't uh, lay claim to anything that we have not chosen, uh, you know, good or ill. And so that's what the intention is, is the mm-hmm. conscious activating of your agency saying, I will receive this. Mm-hmm. I'm asking for mm-hmm. this. And, uh, and, of course, that's always active. We never turn that off, but we're, we're not often conscious of it, and we end up activating... Uh, Less than <laughs> less than useful things, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're always we're divine beings. So anything that we um, sort of set our intention to, we can create. And you know, we create everything spiritually first. But when you're thinking about things, and worry is a form of prayer, as I've always said. And a lot of people will set the intent, like, as they're worrying, I I don't want this to happen. I don't want that to happen. What if that happens? You know, you're creating it. (laughs) And so the active um, intention for healing, we really... um, That gets to the point, why does, why do crappy things happen? How does God allow it? Well, because he, Alma teaches pretty clearly, he wouldn't be God if he didn't allow it. If you yeah. somehow tried to override your intention, that is your faith, your agency, mm-hmm. uh, he, he would uh, the the universe itself wouldn't honor him and as God because it uh, because he didn't he doesn't honor uh, the agency of intelligence and so that's uh, that's maybe a little bit deeper than we wanted to go here but the the point being. Um, God and His universe and all creation honors you as, a, as as you as a child of God, and in the similitude of the Savior, honors your intention, whatever that is, in any given moment. And mm-hmm. it it is all entirely up to you. And so, it's why not take conscious yeah. uh, control okay. of that more often than we do? Yeah, nothing happens to you; everything happens through you. And you know, sometimes yes, people will can come out of nowhere and hurt you and whatever, but your experience of it happens through you. Sure. And um, so, so if things are happening in, in life that you're like, what's happening? I don't like this. And and I don't mean to create any new age guilt or anything, but like it's just an opportunity to examine and be like, wow, why am I, why am I feeling this way? Why do I keep attracting this um, good or bad, you know? And yeah. like, and do I want, do I want to create this? Is this, is this what I, I um, is this going to help me be a better servant of God? Is this going to help humanity? You know, because really we're here to develop spiritually and be servants of God, of course, if we choose it. And if we do, then it's awesome. God has, yeah. 
way better plans than we do. But we have to give them our agency and our our intention to okay, which to grow segues, and do that. Yeah, which segues perfectly into the last thing we wanted to talk about today, and that was, all right, well, then why does it seem so hard? <laughs> my intention is <laughs> hey, to do a, this. That's a belief. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, let's get into that because my intention oh, is to okay. do it this way. Oh right, right, uh-huh. and uh, and I still end up yelling at the kids, or yelling at the car next to me, or whatever, you know. Or yeah. I, my I intention is up. to make make a million dollars. Why am I still poor? You know, right, right, and why? Or you know, even with uh, people who are struggling, um, and there and there are lots that with yeah. more serious sin, and right. they like understand with, like why can't I get addiction. out of this pattern? Yeah, yeah, any kind of like addiction, addiction is a good sure. example. Um, why is it a struggle? Okay, I will. I will just unleash yes. my knowledge about the unconscious mind. Um, really simply, I can sum up that that sort of ceiling that we all hit. Like we maybe are doing pretty good, and then we hit this ceiling, and we sabotage, and then we start to. And, and it's because the unconscious mind, which is uh, about ninety percent of your mind, the conscious is the part that has the logic and reason and willpower and all that, but it's actually a teeny tiny part of your mind. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that, that there's this huge, huge, gigantic part of the mind that, and and it's not literally, but, but to explain kind of the vastness of it, if you imagine the unconscious mind is like 18 miles that way, 18 miles that way, I mean, that's just what could fit in it. And right. so there's, there's a lot of weird programming in there, but there's also good stuff. I mean, the unconscious mind runs all your systems. It makes sure that you're, you don't have to think about making your heartbeat. You don't have to think about keeping your temperature at 98.6. You don't have to think about taking your breath. You can take a breath, as we talked about in our first episode. Mm-hmm. That, that system is also conscious and subconscious. But uh, most of your systems, except for the breathing, is run by the subconscious mind. And those systems, um, to the unconscious mind, change is danger. Because if you change your heartbeat, you know, if your heart rate varied by, like, 10 beats mm-hmm. every minute, like, willy-nilly, it just sort of, like, you know, varied. Or if your temperature went up and down by 10 degrees, just... That's dangerous. You know, so change it's is dangerous. dangerous. You could me. die. And so your unconscious mind has this mechanism that just pulls back when there's too much change. And there's <clears> because no reasoning or... or um... No, logical processes in the in the subconscious mind. It just it no. is. Yep. There's no logic. There's just programming. So this yeah. is the program, and this is the program we run. And so, but that that can help us, okay? <laughs> because if there's if there's a program you don't like, the unconscious mind will achieve whatever it's programmed to achieve. And we, you know, we're not going to mess with the endocrine system or the respiratory system or the nervous system and all the systems. But but with the programming, all you have to do is just change the programming, and then that's what you'll achieve. But let's say you have programming in there for, like, generations that money is the root of all evil, okay? And that if I have too much money, I will become evil. Then let's say all of a sudden all this money starts to flow in to your life. The unconscious mind is going to find a way to send it away because it's not safe. But if you can go into the subconscious mind and change that, change the definition, change some of the experiences, Really so the DNA that, but you know, money is just a tool. It's energy, and I can use it to um, build beautiful things, you know, and and be a good servant of the Lord. Then a representation, that, even of the love of Christ, which sheddeth itself abroad among all the children of men who will receive it. Beautiful. Could you go that far? And that's 
Sure. And then that becomes your program and you can achieve that. So, yeah, that's the reason why it's so hard. And then, but changing the program um, is not that hard if you just have a little bit of technology. And when I say technology, I'm talking about spiritual sort of energetic technology. And there's many different ways. I've been trained in hypnotherapy, which is sort of the, um, the, the mother of the unconscious yeah, mind, right. you know, they they sort of, but there's lots of other ways. And meditation is actually, um, I think, one of the best ways because that's when you allow God to go in and change your programming. Um, and then there's also all and kinds you, of. You keep talking about programming. Like, where does mm-hmm. this where does this programming come from? Because I think this gets into LDS theology in a way that we don't often understand. You're talking about uh, the idea uh, of chain yeah. breakers and everything else. And, and just where does that programming come from? The the less than useful part of it, we experience immortality. Okay. Well, first of all, when Adam and Eve took the fruit in the Garden of Eden, they fell, right? Like, they literally fell. Their consciousness fell down to the sort of lower centers, the earthly things. So there's some of that, just that, like, our true divine self is kind of tied up and coiled up down there. But um, part of it is just living in that kind of a world. So when the time we're born, until we're about eight years old, we have absolutely no filter, no protection from all the message units that come in. So if someone tells you you're ugly, you're stupid, or if they give you chocolate cake when you feel bad, then, you know, you start to get programming. You're like, oh, you know, sugar helps me when I feel sad, or I am ugly, or I am stupid. You just have no filter. So a lot of these things just go in there. There's also, we're learning, I mean, well, it's been known and it's in the scriptures, but that we inherit some of the foolish traditions of our fathers, like literally in our programming. um, We're not just taught, but it's also on the DNA and so this all becomes part of our unconscious mind as well as um, cultural kind of things, the uh, collective unconscious, as uh, who called it that? Jung called it that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just, it's a big milieu of different things. I wanted to, and this is a concept, I know you're going to give a tool here in a minute, and this is this is a concept that we'll explore in greater detail probably in several future podcasts because it's that big, but the idea of the mission of of members in this dispensation to clear out all the junk from uh, that comes to us through our bodies mm-hmm. and our, our inheritances uh, from, from previous generations and thus to prepare ourselves and the earth uh, for the coming of our Lord. And, and this is uh, seems like kind of a it seems it rings very true, but some people can say, well, that's a kind of a new agey kind of a spin on on the gospel. And I wanted to, somebody posted on uh, on our Facebook group this week um, a quote from Truman Madsen, who is, uh, I would consider anything but new agey. <laughs> I love him. I, he's, yeah, he's fantastic. It was, um, <clears throat> I've always is, loved him. He is new agey. And he was, <laughs> yeah, he is without, but I'm going to read this quote. He was a state president. Yes, of mine please. I was hoping problem. you would read that quote. So and it's kind of long, but it's just fantastic. When you again, when you consider the source, one of the great gospel scholars and and Joseph Smith scholars of our generation, <clears throat> he says, and therefore this is Truman G. Madsen in uh, his book, The Temple, where heaven and earth, or when he- where heaven meets earth. It's on page eighty four. If you got the book, and therefore as you look back at your seventy or so forebears, you might recognize that you have inherited the blood of many generations, and the, and blood may not be a correct word scientifically. 
But in the scriptures it stands for seed, which means heredity, the inheritance of tendencies, and all of us have them. You have the blood of this generation from which we must become clean. It says in DNC 88-85, clean from the blood of this generation. If you do, you will be clean from the blood of every generation, because it is compounded and accumulated into now, and that includes the blood of some, of some degeneration. So perhaps you do have problems that you can blame on your ancestors, and if you forgive that and choose to stand choose to stand close to the Lord in the process of purifying your life, that will affect your whole family in both directions. You are not alone. There is no way you can gain sol, uh, solid solitary and neutral ground you are in it you are involved and this i believe is one of the one of the profound meanings of the tame and wild olive trees if you take a wild branch and graft it into a tame one if the branch is strong enough it will eventually corrupt and spoil the tree all the way down to the roots but if you take a tame branch and graft it into a wild tree in due time if that branch is strong enough it will heal and regenerate to the very roots you have been you have, then, been an instrument in the sanctification even of your forebears. To be that kind of branch and achieve that kind of transformation backward and forward is perhaps the greatest achievement of this world. But to do it, one must be great. One must be linked, bound to the Lord Jesus Christ. One must be mighty. One must be something of a Savior. And that is exactly what the Prophet Joseph Smith said we are. Saviors on Mount Zion. That fantastic. Wonderful. I love it. So let's give the folks a tool this week. And I don't, we didn't talk about this. I'm not sure what you were thinking, but uh, um, last night we did talk about a particular three-minute or more meditation that I can't stand. Hey, but that this is was wonderful. an amazing meditation. <laughs> it, I love it. It really it, it is amazing in its power. It's just not my favorite. But you want to throw that one out? Um, yeah, do we have time to tell my story about my friend and her face? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> her <laughs> okay. beautiful face. Um, okay, so this is a, a great story about energy healing that I think, um, so I have this this girl I know, and she told this story about, and I didn't know her before this, but she used to have a really gigantic forehead and a big nose. Kind of like a dinosaur, and, I might say. I don't know. Anyway, so she started doing a lot of energy healing, working on a lot of issues, kind of facing issues. And then um, people started to notice that her forehead and her nose were not so big. And even her family was like, what's going on? And when she told me that story, and of course she has a beautiful face. I don't notice anything wrong with her forehead and her nose. Um, But when she told that story, I was like, okay, I'm not going crazy because I swear that people I know who, you know, as soon as they, like, who've started meditating in the last year or so, their face has changed. I have one friend who, her smile has totally changed. Like, and I've been kind of looking at pictures to try to, like, verify that I'm not crazy. But, and I think that is what's brilliant about energy healing is that, um, or about, about Christ, is everything is energy and energy can change. And there is nothing, almost nothing, I mean, I I don't know if I could say nothing, but they cannot be healed. And um, it's that that idea of, like, you know, have you received his image in your countenance? Of course it's going to change our faces, and we're going to look different to people. And sometimes people won't know what it is. They'll be like, what? You should get a haircut? Yeah, right. (laughs) But but it's, it's that you're becoming purified, and it's radiating out your face. So 
So yeah, let me give a tool. And I actually want to do a whole podcast on addiction sometime. Well, I'm sure. But um but there is this amazing meditation and you can it, I would say just start with 3 minutes. You can build up to to much longer. You can build up to 31 if you needed to. But just 3 minutes will give you amazing sort of bang for your buck. And it's called the Meditation for Healing Addictions. And um, I have to tell you, when I started doing this meditation, I added it to my morning sadhana just because I had heard some great testimonials about it. And I didn't think I had any addictions, but I thought, let's just see what happens if I do this meditation. And immediately I noticed the difference. I noticed that I was not complaining as much. I noticed that I did the laundry without a story. I noticed that I, uh, anyways, and then later as I kept doing it, there were some huge huge realizations and healings. Um, I dropped a codependent relationship, like I, all kinds of things. But, um, and and also this meditation is powerful enough to get people off of crack, to get people off of cocaine, to get people off of porn. I've given it to clients who've been struggling with pornography addiction. And um, I think addiction is one of the hugest ways that Satan ties us, like, ropes us in, you know, yeah. whether it's just staring at your phone or, you know, nagging or whatever Shopping. it is. I gave, um, it, uh, gave it to somebody this week, Phillies, that has had a lifelong struggle with um, anorexia and bulimia, specifically anorexia, but these, these eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And the thought processes that goes into that behavior as well as the behavior itself is, is highly addictive. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we become addicted to our own negativity or sure. to our own control issues or and things like that. And so it, it's it's a challenging meditation. It requires you to have your arms up and they're in, and press your molars together and chant a mantra mentally. I mean, I'll, I'll we'll put out the link in just a sec. But um, so it's not you know I gave it to a client once and he said it's not relaxing. No, it's not. <laughs> I said well well no <laughs> you have to work. But is three minutes like worth it? You know, maybe four minutes if you're a big, strong guy. Although I can do five minutes, okay? <laughs> I've got strong arms. But, um, you're not big. <laughs> no, I'm not big. But, I, you know, is it worth it? Or do you want to spend hours and hours trying to, you know, like yeah. relapse? and re- Anyways, so, and, and then there's also all Kundalini Yoga is actually really good for um, anyone in, in recovery and, and addictions, mainly because, it's the best high you can ever have. <laughs> it's way better than any drugs or than anything else. Okay. All right, here we are. Uh, Felice decided to jump off real quick and throw the busy signal in our, in our ears. I'll probably leave that in there since it's only a couple of seconds. All right, you were saying... Let, let's yes. jump to the to the chase. What is this? How do you do this uh, addiction meditation? Okay, well... Um, I hate to explain it over the phone. Right. Well, yeah. I would rather send the link, and maybe we can post um, a PDF about how to do it as well on ZionConsciousness.com. Good. Okay. Um, but it involves um, you press your thumbs to your temples as you press and release the back molars, and you chant the mantra mentally, Satanama, which is the mantra... Um, change. It's, the, it's about Christ. Asa means birth, ta means life, na means death or change, and ma means rebirth. It is the uh, the mantra Sat Nam, chopped up into mm-hmm. its seed sounds. Yeah, to its basic sounds, exactly. Okay. Um, the five primal sounds. And um, that's 
it. And it what it does, though, is when you do the molars and the pressing on the temples, it, it sends this rhythmic reflex current into the central brain, which is where the pineal gland is, and it um, corrects imbalances there that um, cause addictions to feel like they're unbreakable. And I, as an intuitive healer, I've seen a lot of, I see it on almost everyone that I that I see. I see some sort of something, black cords or some sort of something underneath the pineal gland, and it's usually addiction energy. Um, and ultimately, addiction energy just comes down to um, feeling not loved or unworthy. Yeah. And that will, this will correct it. So I challenge everyone listening, whether you think you have addictions or not, to do it for 40 days. And if you want to just go find it right now, it's on youtube.com slash tree of life kundalini. That is my YouTube channel, and mm-hmm. you can find a video on it there. You can also just um, go to YouTube and uh, search your name and addiction meditation, something like that, Felice Austin addiction meditation, whatever. Any, any way you want to get there, it'll it'll pull it up. And uh, you're going to put something on our website here, which is, again, zionconsciousness.com, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, uh, for conscious, and then Ness, obviously, consciousness.com. And, Felice, uh, for folks who want to get a hold of us, um, if they have questions or, or suggestions for future podcast topics or whatever, we actually have an email as well connected with that page. Yeah, the email is zionconsciousness at gmail. Okay. So there you go. You can uh, interact with us that way. We may at some point uh, do a live show, but uh, it won't be regular and it, it won't be for a while probably. Um, but that's a possibility. But you can interact with us that way, uh, zionconsciousness at gmail.com. And uh, that's the podcast and the tool for this week. And Felice, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go before you, you buzz us again. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. For your time, as always. We'll be back again next week on Zion Consciousness and Covenant. Satnam. Satnam. Satnam.